Welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we are doing a pastor's perspective on life. All right, well, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Brian, yes. how's it been, man? Good. Coming back from our break here. Yeah. We actually haven't uh, recorded since the end of May, Yeah, I believe. And then a couple months. we um, got ahead early so that we, I think the last time our audience has heard from us was July 4th. July 4th, that's yeah. right. Hope yep. everybody had a great summer. Our summer has been crazy with yep, busy. all kinds of, you know, summer shift gears, shifts gear for us, so we have... Mission trips and retreats and camps and yeah, all kinds of all, activities, all. pool parties and yep. We uh, we we drank a bunch of coffee before this episode just yeah. to amp ourselves up because we're 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 a little tired. It's, it's been a, a busy tired. it's been a busy summer, but, but it's, it's been, been good a, stuff. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people. I mean, I know uh, at least one student that gave her life to Christ over the summer. Another student earlier this year. Um, you know, people people are hearing the word. I've got other people who've been. Yeah. coming and getting connected. We've done a lot of just evangelism. And so just really, really great stuff. Seeing kids, I, I know for the students, we've just seen them grow and, and go out of their comfort zones right. to do things for the Lord and trying to build a foundation for living life for Christ. Yeah. You know? It's interesting. We get it. time to talk to kids and students and families and God really uses that time. We have baptisms and things come out of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's good. Really great. It's stuff. really good. So, well, man, so we're getting back into things, right? We're gonna, yes. We're getting back into, we're going to have uh, some series come out and stuff eventually. We might talk about that in a second, but, but. Uh, yeah, we can, we can mention that. Yeah, we've okay. got um, a couple of just standalone episodes today. We're doing a pastor's perspective. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, and then we are going to do a series yeah. on the Word of God. So last... Yeah, we've done one. Last year, well, yeah. earlier this year, I guess it was, we did the nature of the Word, which is really the theology surrounding mm-hmm. the Word. We talked about sufficiency and necessity and inerrancy and those types of things. Right, like what is the Bible, how did we get it, that sort of thing. But we want to do an episode that, like we had to do that to lay the groundwork, right? But we really want to do an ep- a series on... How, really how to understand God's word right because that's where that's where people I think struggle a lot is, is like how do I read the Bible what 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 am I reading and how do I interpret what's going on and that's where a lot of you know arguments and things come from is like well that's just your interpretation well is there is there a way to interpret the Bible that's that's you know right right so that's what we're going to be talking about yeah I'm super excited about that yeah, me it's too. gonna be really good so hopefully you'll tune in for that. And like we said, we got some fun things coming up. We're excited. Want to remind people to subscribe to the podcast. Give us a review. Uh, share it with your friends. You can email us also if you have questions or feedback at f4l at oakhillbc.org. So yes. what are we talking about today, Brian? Man, today we are going to talk about life. We've, we've uh, <laughs> all of it. <laughs> like, oh, this is a long episode. Um, we This summer, uh, some interesting and uh, yes. awesome things have happened. A lot of things have happened this summer. And uh, one of those uh, had to do with uh, the idea, the topic of life, and especially protecting those who, who are alive but haven't been born yet. Yeah, on January, uh, sorry, January, on June 24th, the Supreme Court overturned the Roe versus Wade decision. We were uh, not recording at the time. Yeah. So we thought, man, it would be so appropriate for us to come back the first episode back and talk about this because this is something that has been uh, talked about for the last couple of months. And we've just kind of been listening and reading and mm-hmm. kind of taking it all in. And so we thought we would give uh, our perspective about this and, and what this means to us because this is a a very historical and special thing. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was huge. I mean, uh, Roe v. Wade uh, happened uh, back in the '70s, and so for both of our entire lives, like mm-hmm. we've lived with this uh, Supreme Court decision making it uh, impossible for states to legislate anything against abortion and right. uh so yeah this is huge this is this is monumental uh and it's and it's a it's a joyous thing uh for christians mm-hmm. christians uh, everywhere have been celebrating this um but well, why not, is that not not not, not everywhere not, not all christians not but, all christians most yeah, most, most christians, christians and i would say biblical believing christians you know here's the thing we um 
you know, Dr. Moeller talked about this on one of his podcasts where in the 70s when this originally happened, it, um, it came out of, you know, so many things that there was a sexual revolution from the 60s and just all of these kind of things happening and this, this wanting um, to have uh, freedom of choice. Yeah. But, but, you know, we can talk about how loaded that term is. Mm-hmm. But when you, when you, when Christians found out about this, they, they had to kind of scramble because this was something that they weren't prepared for, but they created these um, grassroots kind of movements to protest and to really create solutions. This is where we like pregnancy crisis centers and things like that came out of this idea mm-hmm. um, and other, other things like that. And so Christians prayed and, and fought for a long time to see this happen. And, like he said, Dr. Moore said his mother was a part of that, and mm. she did not get to see this happen. So there are many saints that we stand on the shoulders of that fought hard for this issue of life. And so we do rejoice. We don't need to take this for granted because there was a lot of hard work that was put into this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, and a lot of people I listened to, myself included, I, I didn't think this was going to happen. Yeah. I, I, did not, I did not think that that would ever happen. Um, I, I prayed for it, and maybe that was, you know, uh, faithless praying. But, right. You know, I, I I knew that God could do it, of course. Um, but I was just skeptical of our of our society, and uh, so I'm just saying I'm thankful, and I am uh, I am overjoyed that this happened. Um, but but there are a lot of people who are upset about this, and we'll we'll get to why in just a second. Yeah, there's one more group of people that are excited about this. I guess uh, maybe excitement's not the right word, but um Thankful. Thankful, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, people that are constitutionalists, yes. you know, and I would count myself in that group. Right. Um, this was... What do you mean by constitutionalists? Well, one of the things that is so important is our country was founded on uh, certain documents, mm-hmm. namely the, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. Those yeah. are our main uh, <clears throat> founding documents, which we go back to and, and really helps keep us rooted Yeah, and keeps our government from... Uh, you know, overreaching, mm-hmm. which, you know, over the <laughs> series of years, they have disregarded mm-hmm. the Constitution and they have begun to overreach. Right. And the court, where how they, how they legislate, how they make law from the bench is one of those examples. Right. The court is meant to interpret law. The legislative branch is meant to make, bring, make right. law and bring law to us, and so and that comes from the Constitution, right? Those documents, those are the ones that outline how it works, right? The process, right? And so every state, it, really, the the power balance was supposed to be in the states, yeah. So the states dealt with their business, and then um, they they had the most power, and the federal government was there for a reason to, yeah. to unite and, you know, think about things like defense and, mm-hmm. you know, all the different aspects that they, that they were a part of. Well, through the years, the states have had less and less power, right. less and less. And the gov- the federal government has been taking more and more yeah. power. Yeah. And so this move really is important as Americans because we are going back to what the constitution wants us to do. So right. this doesn't mean that, um, this doesn't mean that abortion is going to be outlawed right. in our country. Yeah. That, this means that it's going back to the States. There's a lot of misunderstanding surrounding what has happened. Um, but to your point, one thing I've heard said, uh, a lot is, um, back when slavery was uh, a thing and they, and they, you know, were dealing with that huge problem. Um, the state's rights were used as an excuse. They were used right. inappropriately to continue to legislate that. Right. Well, then, you know, then there was a balance of power there, and that, that brought about, you know, the end of slavery right. and through war, unfortunately. Um, but now we have the, the federal rights being used as, or so far we have had federal uh, power being right. used as an excuse to, to not allow states to legislate against and to, and to allow for abortion, the killing of unborn babies. Well, you think about the um, rights of individuals being violated. We know slavery was, a, was right, exactly. violated the rights of those of people. Of people. And states' rights was used in a negative way. Now yes. federal rights are being used to violate 
the uh, the 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 rights of, of unborn, of unborn children. children exactly, and so that is funny where how the constitutional understanding is to bring balance and of the right. powers to 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 keep people's rights from being uh, violated, from right. keep people's lives from being lost. And I think that's the point. A constitutionalist would say it's about the rights of the people and Amen. how the and yeah. how the government has their duty to uphold those rights yeah. not to violate them yes and so in the in the instance of slavery we know that was a horrific sin of right. our nation i'm so thankful that that, that was gone. it was gone yeah the same thing with abortion exactly it was a horrific right. sin i'm so thankful that it's gone yeah or that or that we've really that we well, made a step towards right that. a step right, towards right. it yeah but you're right yes like we said each state is now going yeah. to decide what they want to do but there's so many people Brian, that Don't get are that. that are that are angry. Yeah, there was the, after this. There was rioting. There was protesting. People were were threatening the lives of Supreme Court justices. Yeah. I mean, it was it was really bad there for a moment. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that. I think I, I think some of it, maybe the majority, comes from a misunderstanding of what happened. You know, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, like you said, does not mean that abortion is banned everywhere. That's not what it means. Um, for for many states. Probably most states, I don't know the exact numbers, but I know many states, the laws didn't change a bit, right? But for other states, they they had, they actually had, uh, I can't remember the term for it, but essentially they're like trigger laws mm-hmm. that as soon as that, if that, they, they had it in place that if that ever were to happen, they they wanted to legislate against, you know, abortion to some degree. Yeah, Arkansas had that. Yeah. Yeah, several other states did too. And so the, so the point is people are upset because I've heard the most, you know, like oh, abortions banned everywhere. Like that's not true. That's not true. Not, you know, unfortunately. Well, I think <laughs> and so many people uh lump in women's health care yes. with abortion and there is no lack of health care for women uh women that are pregnant, women that are just need just need um gynecological obstetric mm-hmm. whatever right it's there it's right. available this uh, this this did not take away anything and you know people are saying well now what do i do if i have an ectopic pregnancy or a miscarriage and right. all these things and i've heard multiple doctors christian doctors yeah. say we're talking about two totally different, different things. things yeah an abortion is the willful killing of a viable life right okay an ectopic pregnancy is not a viable life right. a miscarriage when your body you know when when that happens, oh yeah, miscarriage. To me, people we, who say we are talking about I, that just I, we are yeah. talking about different things. So there right. will be no doctor that will deny care for a woman whose body it needs to get rid of a, a, a baby that's not a viable life. Right, and and okay? I've heard like with ectopic pre- pregnancies, and I, I you know I know some people who have experienced that, and that's that's tragic. Um, right, and and for them, you know, I've heard that many times they they do their best to make make things viable mm-hmm. but but oftentimes you can't right and, and no one treats that like an abortion and, and right. it's like oh well too bad you're just gonna have to carry right. this to term and die you know nobody says that so so all we're talking about and i think everybody needs to be very clear we're talking about the willful killing of a viable life, life. that's right and, and so, so that's why we're thankful that that now states have the ability to people we have the ability to to make laws to argue for good laws against uh, the willful killing of viable lives, yeah. tr- real well, living think, lives. And I think part of this anger comes from people wanting to do what they want to do. Part of it is the selfishness and the sinfulness right. of people. Yeah. You know, they want to be able to uh, do whatever they want with their bodies and have zero consequences. But here's the thing, Brian, we are living in a, diff- a very, very different age. Back in the 70s, the availability and the types of contraception, and oh, even yeah. and even after, um, after mm-hmm. word contraception mm-hmm. was not there. Right? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we're in a we're in an unprecedented state where we we don't need the the we don't need abortion. Yeah. Anymore. It's not. It's it is not as necessary. Uh, and I not that necessary. we ever needed it. Not yeah, that we exactly. Ever, yeah, we don't be able to yeah. hear say we needed it. But, exactly. But they for, made the for they made argument. the argument that they needed exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. 
And so our, our, you know, counter argument to that is, well, first of all, like if you live God's way, you won't need anything. You won't need it. (laughs) But, but if you want to live in sin, uh, and do your best to avoid those consequences, then you can do that without killing people. Right. Uh, much better than ever before. And here's the thing, you know, (laughs) you've heard this crazy thing. I know. Right. You've heard that you've heard the term you play with fire, you're going to get burned. So if you play with sin in your life, you can get burned. You can right. have consequences from your sin. And so part of it is, uh, people, hear me. We cannot live sinful right. and not have not bear consequences. And, not bear consequences. and, and to further that, the, the, the reason why we're thankful that this is becoming harder for people to do or will become harder, hopefully, theoretically, in the states, uh, it'll become harder for people to do is because it is never good to add sin onto sin. Right. You know, you sinned, you messed up. Okay, that's a bummer, and and there's grace for you. It's never okay to add sin to that, right? You know, that's just that's just never the way we should handle things. Right. It always makes things worse. Uh, what what goes on into the future? You know, well, what's going to happen? What does it look like? I think that's the you know one of the things I've heard arguments for the most is like that's that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, I think some of the things that people want to do is make the United States, especially just this completely everyone's exactly the same all across the border which mm-hmm. is interesting to me because like that's counter that's a counter argument to individuality right um what's going to start happening is states are going to have their own uh kind of rhythms for life now yeah. they're going to be able to be more individualistic in their own state identity which we already have that but but that's kind of what people have been trying to get rid of like yeah. like there are certain states that I won't name, but they are on the coasts. Uh, they want every other state to be exactly like them. Right. And here's the thing. You can't force that on other states. That That is uh, – that's not how our government has been set up right. is for you to just force other states to be like you instead. And that's what that's not what we want, not, not as constitutionalists. I don't want to tell other states how they should li- – I live in Indiana. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to – to my representatives in Indiana to right. make laws for where I live. Mm-hmm. And then I want other people in other states to see. We should be able, what we'll do is we'll start seeing how other states are going. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've been seeing even through this whole pandemic issue. You know, uh, we'll see how other states handle things. Right. What works the best? Ooh, look at how well that state's doing. Right. Well, maybe we need to enact some laws like that. And I, I think I think we're going to start to see. Uh, we're, we have the the ability to see what works and what doesn't right. more clearly. Now. Yes. Yes. Right. So, so hopefully that will win the day throughout all of the United right. States. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about whether abortion should now be illegal in the sense of uh, prosecuting someone who who. Yeah, now, I, I, yeah. I, here's the thing: the the mother who is seeking an illegal abortion right. in a state that where it's not it's not allowed. Um, I have sympathy for them. Right. So this is where I have mixed feelings. You know, yeah. there are some people that are afraid that they're going to make it a felony. The so, doctors yeah. performing it, right? It should definitely be prosecuted right because they're the ones who well, can stop he, here's you know, here's kind of where i'm at with that uh to be honest and it's i kind of like the drug dealer versus the drug addict right right in my mind you know well, i have sympathy for the drug addict and mm-hmm. i want to i want to get them help yeah you know and maybe that does mean they need to be prosecuted right, to maybe. some but the drug dealer but is the one extent who needs they, yeah, to be prosecuted yeah, exactly because they're not the one who well and yeah, so here's where I'm at with that, and I thought about this as we were getting ready for the episode. I think it's it's I think what we need to be able to do, and our listeners need to allow us to do, is simply to be able to say, "I don't know yet." Yeah, I really don't know, and that's okay. Like we're not omniscient here, you know. Right. We're not doing a podcast because we know everything. That's that's ridiculous and arrogant. What we're saying is here. So what we're going to get into is here's what we know from God's word, and here are principles we think can be applied from God's word and how we should live. Um, there's other things where it's like I'm not really sure how that's gonna go, and and yeah, there is. Uh, that's that's why it needs to be able to be 
debated and, and discussed right. freely um, instead of just like, no, you know, like th- there does need to be conversation here um, because there are some some really, uh, yeah. I mean, life life is complicated. And so we do need to be able to interact with that well. I, but I, I, think, I agree, like the doctors, though, the one who's really doing the, the killing, that to me is like, okay, that's that's an obvious, like, you killed that baby. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you, well, that's a problem. I, I, I think you said something key there where the conversation needs to be ongoing. This mm-hmm. is not, and I think Christians, we need to understand, this is not the end of the conversation. It's right. not like, hey, it's done. Abortion is all over. Right, we don't yeah. have to talk about this ever again. No. Close down the Pregnancy Crisis Center. All right. Yeah, all this no. kind of stuff. No, no. No, opposite. This is times <laughs> where, this is the time we need to continue the conversation and find ways to enhance and step up our ministry in the area of mm-hmm. life. And yeah. so I think I think what you're saying is is true that the discussion will be ongoing, the work is ongoing, mm-hmm. and so we just need to keep pushing forward in in this area. Well, I'm excited. We're going to talk a lot about like what those ways we need to push yes. forward. But but first we need to talk about why we even care, right? Like yes. Christians care a lot about this, and I think. A lot of people in the world are like, why do you care? Well, we need to discuss why we care. We're not just doing this just just because, right? There's there's some reason behind yeah. our passion right. for this. Yeah, why are we so passionate about this? You know, I um, <clears throat> I read a article. This is on ESV.org. I'm going to mess this name up. It's uh, Chi Chua Li, I believe. That's about, Yeah, that's better than I would have done. It says, life is a gift from God. Adam became a living being by the breath of God, Genesis 2-7. And if God were to withdraw his breath from humans, they would perish, Job 34, 14, 15. Since life belongs to God, humans do not have absolute autonomy over their lives, but are stewards of the life given to them by God. The lives of all humans, uh, both their own and others, are to be cherished and guarded. Amen. I love that quote. It kind of sums up everything that we believe. The phrase, life is a gift from God. What do you, what do you think about that? I, I don't know. Have we talked about this already? Because I was reading the notes and I saw you put that in there. I don't know. So I, I have had conversations with people like multiple times this past summer. And uh, and that's been the thing. Really? Yes. So when we were in uh, Princeton no and Dawson, Dawson Springs, mm-hmm. met a lady who, who uh, that was where the tornadoes in... Kentucky came through and just destroyed places. And this lady and I were talking and, and her, she was crying and she was like, I don't know why I'm alive. Oh man. And, uh, and I just was like, well, I don't know why I'm alive either. All I know is life is a gift and, and we're meant to live it and we're meant to live it for the Lord. And so, uh, th- then Tuesday, you know, I was telling you, I met a guy who was telling me he's a truck driver and he has to stay on as a truck driver. Why? Because he just found out he has lung cancer yeah. and, and he needs the insurance. And, and I prayed with him there and he's a believer. And I said, life is a gift. And he was like, it sure is, man. And he had a good attitude about it, even though it was hard, obviously, but man, that is so true. And if, and if life is a gift, that's something I struggle with is to remember like this is a gift that I don't deserve. Yeah. That uh, at any point in time, you know, I don't, I, it could be taken from me. And so I need to live it with thankfulness and joy. Yeah. Um, and protect it, you know, like, like, so you think about giving a gift to somebody. You think about like when, when you're, <laughs> when your family members give you a gift and you're like, oh, thanks. And then like your in laws or somebody mm-hmm. come back, they come back to visit and you're like, oh, quick, put the thing out that they gave yeah. us, you know, so mm-hmm. that they know we love them. Yeah. You know, living your life with joy mm-hmm. and for the glory of God shows that you love God because you've received his gift. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, so I just, I'm geeking out on the fact that you put that in there. Mm-hmm. But that's true. That's yeah. just the way it is, right? Yeah. I think it's important. Our life, belongs to God. We are his creation. Yeah. And uh, he gives us these lives to steward for his glory. And uh, I think people miss that. Yeah. I think it, they want to say, well, it's my, my life. life. I yeah. get to do what I want. Um, you know, one of the important things, she talks about the the breath of God, and uh, a lot of that is wrapped up with the image of mm-hmm. God. And so what is the image of God have to do with the importance of life? You know, we talked about mm-hmm. the image of God in another episode i believe yeah I, I know i mean any you you can't get around in the world we live in today the image of god is one of the most important things and you know i just took the students to the ark encounter and yeah. uh you know one of the things they just harp on is that people are made in the image of god right this is why racism is wrong this is why abortion is wrong this is why 
countless things are wrong. Um, you know, sex trafficking, it's all wrong yeah. because what you're doing when you do those things is you are treating human beings like animals. Yeah. And the Bible makes clear, and we in our experience know for a fact that human beings are not animals. Right. We are something on a different class, a different level. We are we are made in God's image, which means we reflect and represent God to the world. No right. other creature does that. The way human beings do. Researchers have had a hard time understanding what the soul is. They just can't put a, uh, they just can't put their finger on the soul and where it is and and what it comes from and what it amounts to. And I think the reason is, is because that's the part that comes from God, the image of God. That's, that's no other animal is, uh, is like that. And a lot of people have tried to peg what, what is the image of God? And they've said that it could be, Things like the communicable attributes of God, like love. Others, the ability to rule. Right. The, um, the ability to create. Some have said it's the ability to reason, to think, to feel. Mm-hmm. I believe it's all of those things. Right. I believe all of those things that God puts in us and makes us to be as humans uh, is is His image in us. Yeah. I, I, think, I think you're right. It is a... It's almost an intangible thing that you just can't really like explain uh, precisely, but it's it's so obvious. Yeah. You know, there's no way around it, um, and and it's just kind of everything about it. You have to explain everything about what human beings are right. in order mm-hmm. to explain what it means to be made in God's image. And and it's right. funny to me in our world today, this is the this is this is the crux. Like I see, this is reality. I see people who are for abortion. They are pro. Mm-hmm. Um, they are pro ending the life of a human being in mm-hmm. the womb. But if you talked about um, putting putting a, an animal uh, down, right? It's they would lose ba- their minds. It's gotten backwards from what scripture exactly. Says, animals yeah. are more important to some people than human beings are. Right, and that is that's frankly. That's disgusting. Well, anytime, I mean, in, in Scripture, uh, the law says that if you would would kill someone's animal, you have to make a payment for yes, it. Yes. You have to course. repay that animal, right. you know, whatever. But here's the thing. When you kill a human, then it's it, even, it, yes. When, when you intentionally murder a human, malicious intent, then your life is forfeit. Exactly. And so that's, God is, is saying how important life is, right. where your life is going to be forfeit if you take the life of another. Even And even if you if you um, accidentally right. would kill someone, right. there's punishment and payment for that as well. Yes. God actually created, I just read through um, much of the, lo- the yeah. books of the law, and God created these refuge cities where if I was... Mm-hmm. Um, Basically it, committed manslaughter. Right, if I committed manslaughter, I would go to these refuge cities because yep. your relatives would come after me, and they would have the right, right. to take my life. But, but in a refuge city, we would be able to deal with right. the, the issue and have a judgment and I would make a, a repayment yeah. to you. That's where the that's where the to idea from manslaughter even comes from. Right. It really comes from those Christian biblical right. ideals. But uh, that but, just shows how serious God takes life. Well, and it's not to say I want to really quickly just make a disclaimer. Christians value animal life. Don't get me wrong. Like like so this is an episode. Most definitely. Of, but like we value all life, okay? I mean, when I found out I thought our dog was gonna die, I mean we wept. Like yeah. we, we mourned his death and now he's sure. living forever, whatever. But 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 it's different than a human being. Right. Like, there's no way around that, mm-hmm. and that's where the society has gotten it wrong. Right. Um. But but the thing is, is is God cares about all human life because yeah. every single human being is created in His image. Right. And so now, when we think about when we think about abortion, we have to ask the question: Where does life begin? We know we we know humans are special. We know that that God has. Uh, laws and rules about killing humans. So when th- this is a huge debate, when is a human a human? Right. When you know? do they become a human? When do they become a human? And so some would argue sometime <laughs> after middle school. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why? You know, this is such an important question. You know, we think about all of these things when it comes to contraception, Im- implantation, birth. You know, when. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, not contraceptive, conception. Conception, yeah. I read, yeah. I read my notes wrong. Um, <laughs> wh- when is it? Is it when the when the, the egg is fertilized, implanted? Is it 
sometime in the process in the womb? Is it at birth mm-hmm. when the baby comes out of the womb? You know, Psalm 139, 13 says, For you formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. There is a knowledge, there is a, a, a doing of God where he is creating this life in the womb. He's acknowledging it as a, a person, a distinct yeah. person. So I would definitely say it's a person long before birth. I would say it's a person at conception. But right. but if we're if we're backing it if up we're allowing for right <clears throat> arguments sake things. Yeah. It's I think we're I think I think it's a it's a person long, long, long before birth. Yep. Yeah, way before birth, uh, at the very beginning. That's the thing. I, I remember studying biology, mm-hmm. and I remember talking about organisms. And uh, and I was homeschooled, and, and I studied evolution. I studied all this. Some people are like, oh, you'll never study you know, evolution, things that matter if you're homeschooled. I'm like, whatever. I'll, I'll do whatever I want. I studied evolution, so I knew what they were talking about. And it's funny. In my study of biology, it always talked about an organism um, being the uh, – the reproduction of cells right. in that one unit. Okay, uh, that's an organism. Right. Okay. So if a if a baby is formed, if a human being begins at conception, and those cells start reproducing, mm-hmm. technically, biologically, scientifically speaking, that is a human on, organism. On a DNA level. On a that's DNA a human, level. Yes. That's well, a human organism. We, we use terms like fetus instead of instead of. Right. But we we don't do this with anything else. If you know in school when you if you ever had to dissect a pig, it was a pig fetus, right? It, that it's you called a pig fetus. Yeah, you know we, we don't say oh that's not a pig, it's a fetus. Right, right, right. You know we don't we, we don't do this with anything else. The baby in if we want to call it a fetus, that's fine. It's a human fetus. Right. Then it, it's a human. It's, I mean that's just a phase. That's just, like saying that's a human middle schooler. Right. I mean that's a phase of the human life. Right. It is still a human. It is right. a human being right. created by God in his image. So the Bible confirms that, which mm-hmm. you just read. Right. And in basic biology mm-hmm. that a school grader can right. understand mm-hmm. confirms that. Yes. You know, there's another verse David says in Psalm 51, 5, Behold, I brought, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Now, what he's talking about here is the idea of original sin being, you know, sin being transferred on through humanity. Mm -hmm. You know, only humans are held morally accountable for their sin. So if this is a distinctive characteristic of a person, then the fetus in the womb must be a person because if it is known as a sinner from the beginning, then it's a human. Right. It's a person. So, I mean, the scripture is is super clear on this. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's just... It's just so it's so clear of, of that that God sees the life from the very beginning, and the Bible sees the life from the very beginning as as a human. Yeah, and God cares so much. You know, there's a in Proverbs chapter six, he talks about the things that mm-hmm. God hates. Yeah, and it says there that God hates hands that shed innocent, innocent blood. blood. I mean, that's that's murder. I mean, the people were banned from going against and and the Israelites were banned from worshiping other gods. One of the other gods was the god of Molech. Yeah. And people would sacrifice their babies thinking that this was a way to worship that that god. And it was a horrible God was so angry yeah. about that sin. He was so saddened by people's disregard for life. And I think that that I mean I just think that God's attitude towards life is seen in Scripture. Mm-hmm. God's attitude towards murder is seen in Scripture, especially innocent life yeah. is seen in Scripture. Yeah, I mean, it, it's clear. It is clear. The only way, reason why you would argue against it is because it doesn't let you get what you want. And that's that's so. so we understand there's arguments against these things, right. but none of them hold water. And the reason why is because... <laughs> Because they're just grasping after wind. Right. They're trying to get what they want, and instead of just submitting, you, you're you not going to outdo God's word. Um, and, and it's clear that, mm-hmm. that human beings are, are created in God's image and ending the life. They're created in God's image from the very beginning mm-hmm. of conception. Right. And they are uh, ending that life is, is murder. Right. 
Um, now, so we want to reiterate, we're talking about viable pregnancies yes, again, yes. not ectopic pregnancies, not where it, the baby's not viable or in danger of the mother's life and all of these type of like really, really hard, hard, but hypothetical, right. small percentage situations, 0.0001% of things happen. We're not talking about that. A miscarriage is not an abortion. Right. Uh, we're talking about the willful ending of a viable human life in the womb. Yeah. And there's no excuse that can make that okay. Well, and, and those there's, things... We, like you said, we can't... Yeah. Co- earlier, you said we, we can't compound sin. Right. Many people talk about the, the, the issue of rape. Yeah. And what, what, a, what a horrific uh, sin. And we need to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And we need to stand against that. And we need to prosecute those to the full assistant of the law. Right. But we are taking a sin, and then if we have an abortion, it. we're compounding that. That's right. And so I think we need to be careful with those types of things, and not and and not just say, "Oh, that's hard." So here's the solution. Right. Yeah, and that's and that's exactly what we're gonna get into. But that that's the thing. Those those things like ectopic pregnancies, things like that. Uh, that is a that's a tragedy. Okay. Right. Like so so the difference is like you said, it's the willful ending. Right. So that's the, that's the key part right there. When you are willfully doing this, nobody is willfully ending the right. life of an ectopic pregnancy. Right. That's something that is a tragedy mm-hmm. and that's a whole nother con- conversation right. we can have about the you know the problem of evil in the world, right? But but that's not what this is. And no nowhere in the Bible can you find an argument that says, "Oh, well, if you, you know, did what needed to be done for an ectopic pregnancy, then you murdered someone." Right. The, the Bible doesn't support that right. at all. In fact, it would support the other way around. Um so so that to me is the most um illegitimate argument in the world. Yeah. 99.999% of abortions are to alleviate your own personal suffering, to to deal to with consequences you yeah. of your own life, to get what you want, like you said. And so that we just can't we can't be okay with that. Yeah. Knowing that what we know about scripture and how God feels about these things, we cannot be okay with that. So how do we how are we consistent in other areas? I mean, cuz life mm-hmm. doesn't just deal with abortion. Right. And uh, I think that's the main issue especially in our right day now, and age yeah. mm-hmm. but we think about lots of other things in the area of life there's yeah. the issues of euthanasia that's been a big thing how we deal with elderly how we deal with handicapped people um what about adoption what about genocide yeah what about people that are in a poor and destitute situation they live and i'm not talking about america poor i'm talking about like, like yeah like i'm talking about like south america poor where you live in a dump you get like three grains of rice uh, a day i'm talking that, about yeah. i'm talking where you live in a trash heap yeah yeah no that that's the thing and that's why we talked uh, that's why we called this episode the episode on life yeah. because we are talking a lot about abortion that's the current issue but but then a lot of people come i mean i, I had people comment on like posts that I made just celebrate just being thank you know thankful literally just saying thankful for this and they'd be like well what are you going to do about this and that and this and right. that and this and that and this and that and it's like you want me to solve literally all the world's problems single-handedly right um sorry I'm not god um but that's why the church the one of the reasons I have to make sure I say this the right way one of the reasons why the church is here is to help with those things i mean that is clearly in scripture i mean over and over and over again it's like preach the gospel take care of the poor, take care of widows, take care of orphans, do these things. And so it, it does carry over. And I think that this happening and people saying, what are you going to do about mm-hmm. Instead of us just being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Instead, what we should do is be like, that's a great point. Right. I'm going to find new mm-hmm. ways to do better at that. Mm-hmm. Because you're right. I think that we should keep people. I think we should let, you know, babies actually be born and be alive. And uh, and there are problems in the world. And I think we should come up with solutions to those problems yes. that don't include mm-hmm. murder. Yeah, I think Christians should speak out against all issues of life. We should speak out. We should be examples. Listen. We should be. Listen, yes. li- life gets hard. And when folks are in their last, the twilight years of their life, yeah, things can get very hard with dementia and euthanasia. We as Christians should... Um, should be the light to say, listen, this is hard, and we know that. But God gives us the grace to help our elderly and ailing parents, right. to help those with handicaps, to to be able to raise up children that have handicaps and know that they are a gift from God. Yeah. And we as Christians should come alongside other people that are dealing with those types of things and help them 
in in those situations. That, that's why we at our church, our, our youth group, and, and and the rest of our church, like we we make it a point to make sure that we take care uh, baskets to, mm. um, you know, a lot of our uh, primarily our widows and shut-ins and some of our just elderly people because it is so lonely and make sure we help with projects around the house and things like that Um, yeah that's why Mm -hmm. we have to have a a a widow ministry in our church that's Mm -hmm. why we have to be doing these things and and you know honestly like singing christmas carols every christmas time we do that that's like one of the most because because thankfully we live in our society where they're they're not destitute right they just need to know their love right most of the time mm-hmm. um, and so so we got to be doing I think Christians business. need to care about all of the the life issues and here's the thing Brian Christians have cared yes. about that that's right so why don't we transition and talk about the Christian response because like you said there's been a lot of criticism about well what are Christians doing all you care about is abortion you right. just want ended abortion that's it well that's not, not true. true. <laughs> That's so not you, true. you did some research on this. So why don't you talk about what have Christians done historically, yeah. and then what, what are we doing currently? I'll be honest. When I was in Bible college and I was studying uh, the history of the church, I was amazed and elated to find out that many of the things that I take for granted in the world today were, first of all, I wasn't elated at this. They didn't exist. Things like hospitals, uh, foster care, Things like that, mercy ministries, orphanages, orphanages, Mm -hmm. those did not exist prior to the church, um, generally speaking. They just couldn't find them in the world. I was elated to find out that the reason why we have things like hospitals is because Christians care about people's lives. Mm -hmm. And so when you do the research, when you look into it, there's a great book called How Christianity Changed the World by Alvin Schmidt. And, uh, man, it's crazy. Uh, Christians are anti-infanticide, so we think it's wrong to kill babies who are already alive. Which sounds insane to say. But that's what happened all the time in the ancient world. Just like we said, yeah, yeah, people would sacrifice their their babies. But this this would happen all the time. I mean, you read things about, uh, for instance, uh, not Athens, but... The other Greek Sparta. I mean, you watch, you know, people watch the movie, oh, yeah. and, and it's like they wanted male children. That was eugenics, essentially. And so, that what they would do is, if you had any deformity, you're gone. Not right. before you're born, after you're born, they just yeah. kill you or leave you to die. And and that was rampant in the ancient world, everywhere. It was just normal. Christians said, "No, that's wrong," because that's a human being, right? Um, we built orphanage or orphanages, orphan homes. One of the greatest stories about that is George Mueller. Um, this is primarily a Christian venture. People didn't care about orphans. They ran the streets. They did whatever they wanted. And George Mueller, um, back in 1800s uh, England, he was like, no, yeah. uh, these li- these are get, human beings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to care for them. Uh, hospitals, again, uh, in how Christianity changed the world, he, he shows how Christians started mm-hmm. having, ho- at the time, it was like, Doctors didn't really do anything like what they do nowadays, and and they didn't have places for people to go when they were sick. It was just yeah. die. I think caring for life is not Christians do not have the 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 market on caring for life, but I do believe because yes, because we are believers, because Christians see what's in scripture and they know God cares about life, it puts something inside of them to say, I want to care about life as well. Right. And so we we create these things because of our love for God and we see God's heart in this. And historically, cre- Christian, this is the point, Christians created a culture that cared about life. Yeah. The problem is, is we're losing that culture right now. Yeah. That's why this is such a big issue. It's not, it's, it's because the culture is becoming, it's not, people call it a post-Christian culture, but I like calling it a pre-Christian culture because really we're just degenerating and going back in time to a place where people could kill people and mistreat people and do whatever they wanted to themselves and others without without any regard for right. justice or life. And so Christians created this culture and we need to keep this. And that's what we're trying to do. We've got pregnancy and adoption agencies mm-hmm. still um, pregnancy ministries, th- those, when you look it up locally, I looked up local 
um, places mm-hmm. that were Christian places um, that did not offer abortion. Yeah. You can get information, resources. I mean, you go in, you get free testing, free ultrasounds, free sonograms, yeah. free counseling, free referrals, free tests. I mean, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's there for you, and it is here. You can find it. It took a Google search from a dude who doesn't know anything about these things, right? Uh, adoption services. Man, I, if I ever needed to adopt or wanted to adopt, which Lord will, Lord Lord might call us to do that one day. Um, I know I, I looked up this uh, a couple different places locally, and I know what I would need to do. I yeah. know the processes that I would need to walk through in order to to adopt. They have um, they have the step by step plan. They have financial planning mm-hmm. to help you because that's the biggest problem right now is how expensive it is. And it's like, well, adoption's super expensive, so we should allow abortion instead. No, we need to make adoption less expensive. Right. Um, that's another conversation. But they have things for post placement. You have counseling for the 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 parents and for the kid who just got adopted. That's amazing. Christians are running this stuff, making this stuff happen, and that's just here locally. Um, but I think really importantly, something we need to remember is that we have an organization. Mm-hmm. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of these organizations that have been put here by God that are for the purpose of loving each other and loving God. And those things are called churches. Mm-hmm. You know, those yep. are local church communities yes. where a lot of life <laughs> happens. Yes. Right. There's mm-hmm. practical support. From the church, there's emotional support from the church, spiritual, financial support from the church. And this is where churches need to take seriously the when people say, well, what are you going to do about this? We need to be able to say, well, here's what we are doing. And yes, we're going to find more ways for us as a church to do this intentionally. Yeah, we should just be like, yeah, absolutely. Cool. That's a great gay. Hey, thanks for pointing that out. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Um. So that's what we need. That's what we have. That's what we've got going on. But there's things that we need to be doing. Yeah, I just think we don't we don't stop um, engaging in these issues. Like we said earlier, right. like if you have a pregnancy crisis center, if you have um, uh, adoption resources or uh, foster care resources in your area, you don't necessarily. I mean, if God calls you to do those things, to foster right. and adopt, great. You, sh- you should pray about but, that. But there's lots of support things you can do mm-hmm. alongside that just to be a part of that that process as well. So I think that there are tons of uh, things that we can do and we need to do. And this is not a time for us to step back. This is a time to step up and to show the world as the church and say, hey, hey, world, we are here to answer the call. Abortion is not necessary. It never was necessary. No. So let's show the world that by how we how we act, how we how we we answer the call. Yeah, I really think a lot of this is a is a mindset and then and then being intentional to get your mindset done, right? And so there's a book called What is the Mission of the Church by Kevin DeYoung and Greg Gilbert. Awesome, awesome, awesome book. You need to read it. Um, And in that, I love it. They talk about the church organic and the church institutional. Mm. The church organic is you, individual, who is a part of the church. And the church institutional is the church congregation Mm. as a church organization, right? Well, organically, individually, what are the things that you're doing to help these things? We recognize there are problems. Like, when people are elderly, they there that's a real there are a lot of problems. When people are poor and destitute, those are problems. Uh, adoption, handicap people, elderly, all of this stuff, those are real problems. We as Christians just will not allow the idea that murder is the solution to that. And if that's the case, then there needs to be solutions. So what are we doing as individuals? Well, not, and not just that murder, but that these people are special. And they can, yes. they can do things. Pro- they they're can, not just problems. Right. We shouldn't see people as problems. You know, when you went down on your mission trip, the organization there had um, people from, had handicapped individuals yes. come oh, in yeah. and they would, had projects and things that they would do yep. uh, with their, with their, mer- with their own mercy ministries and things that they had going on. Yeah. And we got to eat pizza with them, talk about their life and. They're like, yeah, I work here, you know, for 15 years. I mean, yeah. just a normal person. What do they do? They make rivets, you know? Right. Um, but they 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 have they have worth they're real and value. Yeah. Everyone has worth and value. And it's scary when we say that somebody doesn't and yes. their life doesn't matter. 
and that because of something not not just not just a regular healthy baby but because there's a handicap because yeah. there's an issue a genetic issue that that they don't have value and i think that that's um where christians need to need to speak very strongly and very convictionally on this matter that all life matters that's right not just the life in the womb but every person matters so Let's think about this. Um, how do we? How do we? Th- there's many people that are here that may hear us, or you might know people that are uh, pro-abortion. Yeah, you may have friends, family. You may have activists. Um, how do we interact with with that? Yeah, I think I think one major thing to keep in mind is is you don't have to argue with people. Like you, you don't need to argue. There's a difference between uh, debating and arguing mm. and having conversation. Uh, I try really hard. I don't always do this, but I try really hard not to argue with people Mm -hmm. because to me, that's just a battle of wits. I don't care about your wits. I care about the truth, and I want to have a conversation. Right. You're not going to get a lot accomplished on Facebook either, by the way. That's mostly arguing. When we talk about debating or conversation, it's if you can sit down with somebody and have coffee, and you can explain what you believe, and they can explain what they believe, and you hear one another. Yes, exactly. That is a discussion. That 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 can be a debate, and, and but... You're yeah. not going to be able to if somebody is is so angry that they're shouting or mm-hmm. they're you're just not going to be able to talk yeah. to that person. Yeah, so you you about respond this. to a fool according to their folly, right? Um, I love that verse. So uh, the other thing is is to stick to the humanity of the baby. Mm. Just just keep. I, I, there's a book called The Case for Life. It's not an, an it's a kind of older book. Uh, you know, maybe a decade or two old. Mm. Um, and uh, it's it's so good because this guy just keeps saying he everything in the book just keeps coming back to essentially how to interact with all these different things by coming back to the life of the human being mm. and that's it and that's I'm like good. man that's so simple but it, it it does take some work to do right and so there are the biggest way that this gets complicated is in those hard cases that we've mm. talked about, like rape, incest, disabilities, things like that. Um, here's kind of how he I kind of paraphrased it and here's here's the way i've explained it but the first thing you do when somebody says well what about this all you need to do is affirm the hardship of that circumstance mm. you be like man that is hard mm-hmm. that is really hard um and then you need to offer sympathy for that experience because mm-hmm. yeah like that's terrible and we as christians care about people's lives mm-hmm. then you need to gently turn the conversation to the humanity of the baby mm-hmm. and one of the ways he did this was do, what do you do with um, innocent people who remind you of uh, horrible things, mm-hmm. you know, like if there's a, if there's a, like, what do you, what do you do? Well, I want to be curious because, because there's just so many things that we could do this with where it's like, um, I, I think back in the fifties, probably, you know, a problem that arose was people would see German people. What do you see? What do you do with an innocent mm-hmm. German mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. lived in America their, you know, whole life maybe, but but the you know at that time the Germans you know the the Nazis did the Holocaust. What right. do you, what do you do about that? Mm-hmm. Do you do you murder them? Do you treat them poorly? No, they they had nothing to do with it. Right. And so well, what this has recently happened with with Russian people. Yes, that lived in America. That's exactly right. What do you do? Like Russia invades Ukraine. What do you do to this innocent Russian person who has who nothing to do with nothing it? Nothing to do with well, it. Well, ninety ninety nine nine percent of people even in Russia didn't have anything to do with it. Exactly. You know. So do we mistreat or even murder an innocent person? No. So you gently turn it back to the humanity of the baby and you show examples. That's what we were just doing. That killing innocent people never is the solution to tragic and hard circumstances. That's it. You don't add sin to sin. Right. And then you need to point people to resources that are going to help provide um, help and hope yeah. to um, overcome those hard circumstances. Right. Those are hard, and we need to take that for real, for seriously, and then we need to say there is hope for you. Yeah. So that's what I think we need to people say well what about this and if you really want to know see most of the time people ask that question they don't really want to know and that's where i'm like i'm not going to argue with you i'm not going to waste my time you know it's like somebody trying to pick a fight you know what no the answer is no yeah any any answer you give them is not going to satisfy exactly but if you really want to know that's first of all a good thing for us to be thinking about Mm -hmm. what do we do because we need to be doing something and we as christians have real answers that are the real solutions better than murder and so that that's all super important. But here's the thing, and this is where I think we want to end, right? Mm-hmm. 
there are people who maybe be listening to this. I, I think I know of people in my life. Uh, I have people in my life who have alluded to terrible things they've done in the past and they won't even talk about it. And I'm pretty sure I know what it is. What do we do? How do we treat somebody that has had an abortion and is hearing this and just feeling yeah. this overwhelming guilt? Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe, you know, they don't know how to feel about it. What do we do as Christians? Because yeah. we care about their life too, mm-hmm. right? We care about all people's lives. So what do we do? Yeah, I think it's really important that we end on this note. I we want to we want to acknowledge that God calls us to holiness. He calls Christians. He calls people to uh, know Him, to learn about Him, to know His law, and to live that out in their lives. Yeah. He also knows that we fail. That's why we need Jesus. We need the gospel to give us to grant forgiveness for sins. And so we understand that uh, people are sinful. And if this is a a sin that you've created in your life, there is grace. There is mercy. We need to talk to people about the love of God, the truth from Scripture, Mm -hmm. and let them know. You know, if... uh, if 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 I was dealing with someone, mm-hmm. you know, I would I would have a discussion with them. I'd want to um, talk to them, sit down, and love and care for them. If they're really like concerned about, I've done this horrible right. thing. I've had an abortion. I've done this in my past. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Let's see why, um, why there how you can receive grace and forgiveness through the power of the gospel. Yeah, as I was thinking about this, you know, I was thinking first first we got to know where that person's at, you know, like like maybe that person is not really sure that they feel bad about it yet, you know. Maybe sure. you're talking to somebody who's had an abortion and they and they don't feel like what they did was wrong, but they're they're not really sure, right? And that's where we need to um listen mm-hmm. patiently because love is patient, but but then we also need to be able to gracefully tell them the truth. And that's where we walk through the image of God and do all these conversations yeah. that we talked about. Yeah. And, but like you said, if somebody's coming to us and they're broken by this, they're already experiencing the weight of their sin. We don't really have to heap that onto them. Right. You know, instead what we need to do is show them the, the love and forgiveness yes. because all of us sin. And so, you know, we, we, we all need the forgiveness and here's, what's great. When you're dealing with somebody who's broken with their sin, you don't have to come up with what to say. You just need to say what the Bible says. Because right. God is the one who offers the the thing that takes the weight from you. Yeah. Right? Well, God, there, there's forgiveness for, for any sin. You know, I mean, even somebody who commits murder. Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about an abortion. I'm talking about a a, a murderer, someone yeah. who like kills someone. you walk someone, into somebody's house serial and killer. shoot them. Yeah. Um, if that person would truly repent of their sin come to faith in Christ, they they would be saved. Now, they would pay for those. They would have consequences. They would right. have to pay for their sin uh, in in the the eyes of the law. Right. But there would be forgiveness for them. Mm-hmm. And they would escape the second death. That's, right. You know, like you wouldn't be punished. And so I think Christ when did. I think about that, you know, I think, and we always like to compare ourselves to the worst possible sins. Right. We, you know, our, our sins are are many, and they... they expound greatly and even though i've never murdered anyone i've done many things that i'm ashamed of and just even one of those things uh secures a place in hell for me right but because of the gospel and i think we need to we need to keep going back to this because of the gospel there is forgiveness yeah and i know that it's hard people a lot of times when they've committed egregious sins they don't feel forgiven yeah. and i think we can't rely on our feelings we have to rely on the truth so what i talk to people a lot about is is do you trust the word yeah. do you trust the lord and if that if you do then you have to trust what he says here that's right because that's he what says he is. is faithful to forgive yeah first he, john he listen will cleanse us listen to this first john 1 9 it says god says this to us if we confess our sins he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah, all to, unrighteousness. All, all, everything. Listen to Psalm 103, 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Listen to Psalm 147, 3. This is, this is, this is key. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your sin should yeah. break your heart. That's right. And then you should take your broken heart to God 
and let him fix it. Yeah. And he will. Right. I mean, there's a season where we need to be, be um, sorrowful and mourning over our sin. Yeah. But just like it says in the scriptures, you know, he trades our sorrow. He trades our shame mm-hmm. for the oil of gladness. He, yeah. he trades our beauty or he changed, trades our ashes for beauty, you know, yeah. beautiful crown, beautiful headdress. You know, God is the exchanger of all of the terrible and brokenness and the mm-hmm. mess of our lives and gives us something great and glorious and useful. Yeah. And you never know what God's going to do in your life and how he's going to use tragedy and hardship for for his glory. Right. It can, it can work to the benefit of your life, but it can also help other people. That's right. Yeah. So we've got to tell people the gospel and continue to remind them of the grace and mercy and forgiveness that they can have in Christ if they just turn to him. Right. And then we've got to connect them to a gospel-centered church, and it's key, gospel-centered. That's got to be a church that focuses on that um, and so that they can be ministered to. Right. And I, I just think about Ephesians 4 and Galatians 6. Ephesians 4 talks about um, speaking the truth in love, and that's all in the context of the church, actually. Yeah. When you read that chapter, it's all about unity in the church and walking together with one another and helping each other. And then Galatians 6 says to bear one another's burdens, specifically talking about sin, forgiving and restoring one another. And so if you're somebody who has had an abortion, you need to be in a church that constantly says you have been forgiven of this sin and now you can walk in a newness of life and they and you need a church that is constantly bearing that burden with you and saying that's as far as the east is from the west from you don't let let go of that because god like you said trades ashes mm-hmm. for beauty and you have a new life now yes and so that's why the church is so instrumental in this that's why we exist you know we we should not let other organizations dominate these things uh, we should we should be doing something about life yeah because we we care that's good that's so good man well i hope that you have found this discussion helpful and like we said this discussion is ongoing and you know we may revisit this topic again but we thought it was just so appropriate for us to come back and say from our first podcast and say this is this is something that god cares greatly about Mm -hmm. and we wanted to talk about it because it is on our hearts as well amen yeah well if you need any prayer, maybe you're out there and you're struggling with this stuff, please email us, uh, f4l at uh, oakhillbc.org. Right. Please email us. Let us know how we can be praying for you. Let us know um, things that you're thinking about regarding this. Um, or if there's other you know topics and episodes you want us to discuss, you know, let us know. We'd love to know that from you as well. So I guess thank you all for listening. and We'll see, we'll see you, you next time. time.